I am Sandra Ezekwesili and you come to me for hard facts. Hello Lagos, I am Sandra Ezekwesili and these are your hard facts. Living in the digital age means you are bombarded with information. The federal government is asking Lagosians to believe. Speaker of the House, Femi Bajabi, is getting harder and harder to find the truth in the disinformation. Or to put today's headlines into context. One of us who just shot me, Sandra, on my reach. That's why I'm here. I ask the tough questions that get to the root of things. The previous election had um, allegations of rigging. Nobody has been able to prove that 2018 elections were rigged. I tell you the history behind the news. I need to take you back. I need to give you a bit of history. Now, Zimbabwe got its independence. I cut through the spin and show you the facts. No, I will, I will let you talk. Coyote, Coyote, I will let you talk if you let me talk. Coyote. There's a reason why more and more Lakotians are tuning in. 570,000 of you. 630,000 people listen to Hard Facts. They know what they're looking for. I am Sandra Ezekwesili and these are your Hard Facts. Good afternoon, Lagos. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. It's a sad day here in Lagos. As you know by now, a helicopter crashed into a building in Opebi, Ikeja. We already have two confirmed deaths. So through our hard facts today, we're going to be bringing you the latest updates from that situation. That's going to be our first story on our Big Three Global Edition. But let's also talk about the World Bank suspending its doing business report because the numbers have been manipulated. And then let's talk about the UN saying kids need to get back to school. Now, remember, you can talk to us on Twitter at Nigeria Info FM. Facebook is also Nigeria Info 99.3. After that, uh, as usual for a Friday, we're going to bring you ideas with Ayobe and then we'll bring you Public Square with Agogo. And then we'll wrap up the show with music and moments with Ifanyi and Sam. And of course, there's news updates every hour. You need to listen to every minute of today's show so that you can win just a minute. We're not doing just a minute just yet. It's not happening in the next five minutes or next 40 minutes or in the next 15 minutes. So all we're doing right now is taking a look at our Big 3 Global Edition. We've got WhatsApp and you can reach us on WhatsApp 080-959-75805 080-959-75805 and of course uh, our phone numbers are 0700-993-993-993 Global Edition on Hard Facts Staff, uh, we uh, get into the unfolding tragedy right here in Lagos. Two people are dead. One is in intensive care after a helicopter crashed into a building in Opebi, Ikeja. Lasema has confirmed that the Lagos State Emergency Management Agency. We still don't have any definite information about what caused the crash, but we're going to find out in due uh, course. Right now, we're covering the crash itself and any new developments uh, that uh, may occur. Let me read you the statement from the general manager of La Sema Olufemi Okeosaintolu. He said, quote, the agency received distress calls concerning a privately operated helicopter that crashed into 16A Salvation Road, Opebi, Ikeja, and immediately activated the emergency response plan. The helicopter was carrying three people. One is in the intensive care unit at the Lagos State University Teaching Hospital, while the other two were killed on impact and their bodies have been deposited in a mortuary. We are on top of challenges, especially crowd control. The operation is ongoing and updates will follow. 
So that's that's the statement from uh, the Lasema general manager. It's quite horrifying when something like this happens. You know, it took my mind back to uh, the Dana air crash when the plane crashed into a neighborhood. Lots of deaths, lots and lots of deaths in that particular situation. So I'm guessing that uh, with this story, there is some uh, gratitude to be shared that the casualty numbers are not so high. Our reporter, Ijome Sek, uh, paid attention to what the agencies and the agency managers had to say. Ijoma, hi. Thank you for talking to us on Hard Facts. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Good afternoon. All right. So what are the um, emergency agencies saying so far, aside from the statement we've heard from uh, the Lassema GM? Oh, they are all saying the same thing. We have um, the Lassema, we have um, NEMA, we have the Nigerian police on ground, we have other emergency services on ground also. And um, the emergency, other emergency services are also on ground, trying as much as possible to ensure that no other casualty is recorded. And thankfully, the neighborhood is safe. The only part that was affected was the fence of the building that the helicopter crashed into. Mm. And... um, they're also trying to cordon off the area. You know how it is in Lagos. Mm-hmm. When an incident occurs, mm-hmm. people rush from far and near to mm. get a glimpse of what is happening. Mm. And that is the same situation we are having in Ikeja. Mm. And um, thankfully, the um, Accident Investigation Bureau, they've commenced an investigation into what led to the crash. Hmm. For now, no emergency services, I mean, agents can tell for sure what really happened. Hmm. But we have three male, there were three male in the helicopter. Two, unfortunately, died, while one has been rushed to the general hospital for treatment. Okay. Ijema, we're going to call again if there's any need to get updates from you. Uh, Anjola is currently on her way to the scene, and as soon as she, she gets there, we're going to get in touch with her as, as well. Thank you so much for talking to us, Ijema Sek. You're welcome. All right, Lagos, uh, were you a witness? Did you see that happen? What was it like to see a plane drop out of the sky, a helicopter drop out of the sky? What was that like? Are you in the area where this crash happened? Call us with your eyewitness report, uh, 0700-993-993-993. You can also share with us via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. Did you see this thing happen? Um, are you a neighbor uh, around where this thing happened? Do you live around the place where it happened? Um, what did you see happen? Send us a message on WhatsApp, 80 959 5825 or call the live show 0700-993-993-993. You can also tweet at us at Nigeria Info FM and of course uh, send us your thoughts via Facebook. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. We will get back in touch with Anjola. In the meantime, let me bring you our second story on today's global uh, big three. Uh, it's a scandal. Will the World Bank's doing business report? You've heard about this report, right? It's the one that um, governments around the world use to prove that they are improving ease of doing business in their countries. 
Recently, we talked about how Nigeria has moved up in the rankings and how last year we were in the top 10 most improved countries. Now, it turns out that at least four countries found a way to manipulate their scores on that ranking. Saudi Arabia, the UAE, China and Azerbaijan. The Wall Street Journal broke the story and now the World Bank has acknowledged that there were irregularities in the 2017 and 2019 editions. Here's what the bank uh, is doing in response. In fact, let me quote what the bank is doing in response. They said, we are conducting a systemic review and assessment of data changes that occurred subsequent to the institutional data review process for the last five doing business reports. We have asked the World Bank Group's independent internal audit function to perform an audit of the processes for data collection and review for doing business and the controls to safeguard data integrity. And also, the next report is going to be delayed. It was supposed to come out next month, but now it won't come out until this report is over. And so you're, you're listening to this story and you're like, okay, uh-huh, we think consignors consign report. First of all, this report is very important. It affects a lot of things. Governments use this report to promote their countries as a business destination. Companies use it to decide where they will invest. Financial institutions and insurance companies use it to assess risk. The amount of money that goes into your country is directly tied to your doing business ranking. So to find out that the ranking is being manipulated is going to send shockwaves throughout the global economy. Already we're seeing analysts and officials in India crying foul. They feel like their country's rankings should be higher than it is at the moment. So now they're saying it's because other countries were gaming the system. The other issue that this scandal is bringing up is the power of China and the US over global institutions. I mean, you have China's ranking jumping up and sources are claiming that it's because China's uh, contributions of funds to the World Bank has been huge in recent times. They've jumped from 90th to 31st in five years. And sources are claiming that the U.S. is behind the jumps for Saudi Arabia and the UAE. America traditionally uh, selects the World Bank president, right? Right now, it's David uh, Malpass, who was nominated by President Trump. And shortly after his nomination, Malpass attended a forum in Saudi Arabia, nicknamed Davos in the Desert. And there are reports of massive lobbying by the Saudis towards the U.S. government. And suddenly... The World Bank names Saudi the most improved nation for ease of doing business. And it's not the first time that the World Bank is being accused of manipulating this report to reflect America's wishes. Two years ago, the then chief economist of the World Bank, Paul Romer, said that the bank manipulated the report to make Chile look worse because the U.S. government did not like Chile's socialist policies. And he claimed that this was going on under both Obama and Trump. The bank denied it and he resigned. But now we're seeing the same allegations relating to Saudi and the UAE, who are both very close to the Trump administration. So that's the second big issue. The third big issue here is conflict of interest. 
Apart from publishing this doing business report, the World Bank also offers paid consulting services to help countries improve their ease of doing business. And it's on record that Saudi Arabia and Azerbaijan both paid for that service. Now, even before this scandal, a lot of analysts did not even like the idea that the same World Bank that is supposed to be the judge of ease of doing business impartially is now collecting money to improve ease of doing business. It's kind of like a lecturer selling handouts to his own students and then marking their exam. It lets him reward those you know, who bought his handouts and punish those who did not. And before this week, the World Bank has denied that there was a conflict. They kept saying it's two different departments, you know, concerning each other. But now we're seeing that countries who paid one department are having their rankings falsely increased by the other department. So obviously, left hand knows what right hand they do. Abby? So as we think about this story, I want you to also think about the accusations surrounding the way that the WHO listened too much to China in the early days of COVID-19. And I have to ask you, do world powers like China and the US have too much influence over global institutions? We also saw that the US tried to influence the presidency of the Africa Development Bank, remember? They even demanded changes to their own investigative process. So how do we keep global institutions independent from powerful nations? What do you think about countries buying and lobbying for better rankings on the doing business report? Is it just, well, not so business people supposed to, or is that is it is it uh, is it is it something that should alarm us? Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. And yes, if you were a witness to that um, helicopter crash in Okwebi Ikeja, please let me know. Uh, share your experience with me. Share your eyewitness account with me. Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. You can get in touch via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 80 959-75805 and yes tweet at us at Nigeria Info FM and share your thoughts on Facebook Nigeria Info 99.3 hello hello Ephraim hello how are you hello Ephraim hello can you hear me yes I can hear you welcome go ahead Calling from Ajo. Welcome, Ephraim. Yeah, you know, about the World Bank and the, let's say, the corruption going on there. Mm. Most probably that's corruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's nothing other powers can do. Because U.S. established the World Bank, and we all know. Mm. They have ultimate influence and ultimate powers over the World Bank. They influence everything that happens there. Likewise, uh, the, this the allegation against China and this thing. China has also infiltrated the, listen, the World Health Organization. Hmm. And we know all of this. And there's, there's just virtually nothing we can do about it, that's it. There's nothing we can do about it, Ephraim says. Ephraim, thank you for calling me and sharing that with me. 99.3, hello. Mm, sorry about that. Hello. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name? My name is James. James, welcome. Go ahead. Um, there's only one thing that exists in this life, and that is power. Everything else revolves around power. Power and who has it and who has who does not have it is the only thing that exists. 
the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, UNESCO, uh, the Red Cross, all of these institutions. Excuse me. Okay. All of, hello? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. All of these institutions are all political. Hmm. They are all tools in the geopolitics of global powers like China and China and Russia and some extent Canada and all these other Western and Eastern powers that are grappling for power over the world. There's a documentary online, I think perhaps might check some light on what I'm talking about. It's mm. called um, The Second Scramble for Africa. So it's done by Al Jazeera. You can Google it, download mm. it and see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The whole world is just one big pie for big powers to cover up and share amongst themselves. So the World Bank, if it's doing what it's doing, and uh, it's not surprising, it's not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. It's just the way the world works. Whoever has the power, you know, as uh, the saying goes, um, the powerful will do what it wants. The weak will suffer what it must. That's the way the world works. It's the way the world works, he says. All right. Thanks for calling us and sharing that with us. 99.3. Hello. Hello. How are you, sir? What's your name? Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> What's going on? We have a lot of people who are calling us and dropping the call. 99.3. Hello. 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 Yes, how are you, sir? What's your name? I'm fine. My name is Paul. Paul, good Paul. to have you on the show. Yeah, calling from Egbeda. Paul from Egbeda, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about all these politics is that Africa has no stick. That is just where it pains me. In the continent of Africa, we don't have any country representing the entire continent in this world geopolitical uh, struggle. It is between America, Asia, and Europe. And Africa has become a place of refilling whatever they have lost. So that is just my stake. It's painful. Uh, it's painful, he says. Thank you for calling us. Emmanuel is in Bariga. Hello, Emmanuel. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Okay, I want to make my contribution on the issue of the World Bank. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, as far as powerful nations has higher contributions to all these uh, international organizations, there's no how you can rule out all these uh, uh, manipulations and influences. Okay. They, they must exist because, because they have higher contributions in terms of monetary money, you know, and all that. So they exercise on due dominance and all of that. So mm. you cannot rule out all these uh, manipulations. Okay. You cannot rule out. It will continue to exist. It will continue to exist. And the rest of us, you know, who don't have the power or the money that uh, these other uh, civilizations have, will just sit down and take it. If you just joined the show, hello. Uh, one, of the, one of our stories on today's Big Three Global Edition is um, uh, a scandal with the World Bank's doing business report.
It's uh, a report that governments around the world use when they want to prove that they are improving ease of doing business in their countries. Recently, remember we talked about how Nigeria has moved up in the rankings. Last year, we saw that Nigeria was in top 10 most improved countries. Remember? And now, it turns out that at least four countries found a way to manipulate their scores on the ranking. Those countries are Saudi Arabia, the UAE, China, and Azerbaijan. Wall Street uh, uh, Journal broke that story. And the World Bank has acknowledged that there were irregularities in the 2017 and 2019 editions. So now they're conducting a systemic review and assessment of data changes that occurred subsequent to the institutional data review processes for the last five reports. And they've asked the World Bank's uh, uh, independent internal audit function to perform an audit of the processes for data collection and review of doing business and the controls that they have in place to safeguard data integrity. And this also means that the next report is going to be delayed. It was supposed to come out next month, but now it's not going to come out until the report is over. So it's a big, big issue. And I gave you the reasons why they are a big issue. I'll repeat them again to you, but right now we've got Anjola on the line. Anjola is our reporter out on the field, Anjola Abiosun. Thank you so much for getting in touch with, in touch with us, Anjola. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Anjola. So you are on the scene. What uh, what can you see at the scene right now? Describe the situation. Okay, um, people are around and the last time they are trying to remove the helicopter from the building. So it, the plane crashed between two buildings. It crashed on the fence. So they're trying to remove it right now. Okay, they're trying to remove it. Are there... Um, are there any rescue operations still ongoing or is it just the two people who were hurt? No, they said there were three people. The three people, yes. Um, yes. Okay. So the three of them, according to what I've heard now, three of them died. Three of them? I thought they said one of them was in intensive care. There somebody, when I was going around and asking around, hmm. somebody said while they were going, one died. Ah. I see. Have you been able to talk to eyewitnesses? What are they saying happened yes. exactly? Um, they were saying that the plane almost crashed on one building. Okay. But the pilot tried his best and then it crashed between the fence. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now we've read the initial statement from the Lasema GM where he said, um, um, you know, there were two dead and one injured. Um, oh. Does he have any other updates? Because you're telling us now that you you, you heard from somebody at the scene who's saying that uh, the third person also died. Yes, that's what I heard. Hmm. Well, we don't have official confirmation for that particular no, there's no official story yet. So until we hear from the emergency management agents, uh, we can't know one way or the other. But uh, um, um, what else do you have to share with us? What else do you do you have to um, tell us? There's nothing new going on going on here. Everybody's just really gathered and trying to figure out what what's happening. Mm, okay. Well, thank you, Angela, for uh, being out there. If there are updates, you, you'll be sure to let us know, yes? 
thank you. All right. Thank you so much. If you were a witness, uh, you know, at that uh, accident that happened at Okwebi where a helicopter crashed into a fence, uh, please call and let us know. Did you see the plane drop out of the sky? Did you um, um, hear the thing? Did you rush out into the crowd? What did you see? Um What's the talk around where you are? 0700-993-993-993. And back to our story about the World Bank. Um, what do you think about the accusations coming out of, um, um, you know, the WHO listening too much to China in the early days of COVID-19? Remember that, right? Do you remember that? So one of the questions I'm asking on the show is if world powers like China and the U.S. have too much influence over global institutions. Agwama is on the line. Hello, Agwama. Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, my heart goes to the victims of the uh, helicopter crash. Hmm. I hope the, the one we pray for the one that is still in the hospital in intensive care for quick recovery. Hmm. Yeah, my contribution to uh, the issue of the world power is, um, I don't know, Africans should stop complaining. Let them join in the role of the other countries. Look, uh, business is about competitiveness. Hmm. It's about plan. It's about strategy. Mm. No one says everyone, everything we do in life is about taking advantage of a situation or the weakness of others. Mm. Now, we have complained about what the uh, Western world did to us in slave trade. After we have gone away from that, what happened? When you talk about slave trade, it's actually these people didn't come here and kidnap our people. It was orchestrated by our chiefs, by our leaders here, who gave them away. And then again, when we talk about how the West are exploiting us, what have we done within the little that we have? How have we deployed our wisdom? Do we have any plan to go into the world and enhance what others are doing? China, India, Malaysia were in the same level with us in years back. And they have passed us. They are participators in this joint account. But Nigeria continue, and Nigeria and the rest of Africa continue to be the pie other countries come to eat without themselves intending, having any uh, uh, plan to join them. Okay. When we talk about uh, the, the, the investment, how much have we invested on our people? Do we expect the Western world to come and improve our education? For God's sake, they have given us the preliminary education we needed when they did give it to us. They can't continue every day to come and tell us how we should progress, how we should do things and get proper things. For instance, Look at the OPEC. Hmm. It's about you take advantage of the situation. Mm -hmm. We raise, we cut our supply as a result of certain uh, uh, situation in the world. Hmm. And then we hike our, our prices. Why do we do that? It's exploitation also. Mm -hmm. We can't claim that we are innocent. Mm -hmm. So we, you reduce production because you want to exploit others. 
that is the practice. That is what we do all over the world. So we should not complain. Join and participate in this thing. Thank you. Thank you, Agwoma, for calling us. Don't complain. Join and participate. Okay. All right, then. You know, one of the callers uh, said something that... Um, 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 you know, reminded me of, of, of a thought I've had for a while. He was talking about monetary contribution, right? Giving power to these world powers. And it's it's one of the reasons I am happy that Nigeria has doubled its share contribution to the Africa Development Bank. We were already the majority shareholder, right? But now we have more than twice as many shares as the U.S., the next highest shareholder. So we've cemented our control with uh, the Africa Development Bank and baby steps, right? Because huh? look at what uh, the U.S. tried to do with uh, Akin um, Adesino. And it didn't work. He's been re-elected as president of the Africa Development Bank. So it's back to the point that Agwoma was making. Take control, huh? 0700-993-993-993. You can also send us a message on WhatsApp. 80 75825 Obem Ovat says, This problem of crowd, whenever an incident happens, is ungodly, especially with Nigerians. And I say here for free that 95% of the people within this area came to steal. The police should stand their ground and send them out of that place. All right, Obem, thank you for sending your message in. Sandra, I was at the scene of the Abuleado explosion a day before. I was also at the scene of this helicopter crash a day before. It's weird because my appointments on both cases were flexible to the next day. Francis. Wow, Francis. You should change your name to Wachinemelu. We've got uh, somebody who says, Sandra, this chopper crash is bad news. I really saw this happen in my dream two weeks ago, although it wasn't in Lagos in that dream, but it was Nigeria. Proper investigation needs to be done for the cause of that crash. All right, Kenneth. Kenneth is listening from Inugo. Kenneth, we're always happy to have you listen uh, to Hard Facts. We've got more comments here. Please, we need more updates on that accident that just occurred. Well, if there are if there are updates, I'll be the first to let you know, of course. 99.3, hello. Hello. How are you? What's your name? Yeah, Ruben, Ruben from Yaban. Ruben, welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, as for the um, AFDB, African Development Mark, um, 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 that's very, very good. I, I believe um, that's, how, that's how a country should do. Hmm. That's how a country should act. It actually reinforces the fact that um, Africa is, is the centerpiece of our foreign policy, you know. Nigeria has successfully, you know, reinforced that, and that's very, very good. Yeah. And as for the other news, um, um, World Trade, WTO, mm. yeah? World Bank. World Bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still wondering how Nigeria makes the top 10, okay? We, that should also be investigated, seriously. <laughs> how Nigeria made the top 10, it should be investigated. No, not, not top 10 ease of doing business. Top 10 most improved ease of doing business. Okay, most improved? Yes. Ah, well... Even that top 10, if, 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 if you say top 50 or top 70, I will agree. But top 10, I think you still get command small. But seriously, what US is doing and um, and China is doing, mm. I think they also need to be investigated. I think they are showing too much power. I don't know why 
when you are being funded by one or two countries, then you tend to move to you met you an organization that's supposed to be factual tend mm-hmm. to move towards that country. I don't understand it. I thought it's supposed to be a, based on fact checking and and, and and this thing. I don't understand it. It needs to be worked on and then and then. Yeah, but that's the thing. Who's going to work on it? Who's going to work on it? There are no bigger dogs. These are the big dogs, you understand? So who's going to chain the big dogs? Where is Scandinavia? These countries are doing so good. Where are they? They should come out and and, and make some good statements. They're minding their business. (laughs) Thanks for calling us, Ruben. Let me talk to Kane Day, who's in traffic. Hello, Kane Day. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, International politics. It's fun when you know how to play your cards. America does it, China does it, Nigeria not so much. Um, international politics for me, for at least in Nigeria's context, that's the Foreign Affairs Ministry. Mm. Are we doing a good job with this? I would say a big no, and we need to change our orientation. And oh, African Development Bank, beautiful. I want to believe because we have a Nigerian on top, that's why we have shares within the African. Hello, Kende. Kane Day? Oh, no, I'm sorry about that. I really wanted to hear what you had to say. But let's uh, move quickly to our final story. I mean, it's the big three, right? So our final story, the UN says that it's urgent that children return to school as soon as possible. Now, the question remains, of course, how do we do it safely? I don't think there's any country that wants to keep their children out of school. We all see the costs and the difficulty. We talk about them on hard facts all the time. E-learning is expensive. It's difficult. Uh, There are children who cannot even afford to do it. Children who are from low-income homes, the lowest-income homes, and children who have the lowest infrastructure uh, um, in their areas are at a serious disadvantage right now because basically their mates are learning and a lot of them are falling behind. They are falling behind faster than they normally would. Already there was a gap, but now that gap has widened. It's like the conversation we're just having about, uh, you know, he who pays the piper dictating the tune, right? And apart from that, children, keeping children at home means that some adults have to stay with them. So that means that for a lot of households, there's a reduction in income. Now, some people are lucky to have a household where either one spouse earns enough to allow the other spouse to stay at home with the children or one or both spouses is able to work from home. But this is a privilege. This is not the reality of most homes, for most homes. In most households worldwide, all the adults have to go out and work outside the home. So clearly, for a lot of reasons, we need, we need the children to go back to school. All of us agree that we need to send them back to school. But like I said, the problem is safety. Because COVID-19 is still on the loose. And while the data about its effect on children are generally good, the problem is the children will still bring it home and they will still spread it to adults who are more vulnerable. So different countries are approaching this challenge in different ways. Let's look at what they're doing. Huh? In France, students will be back in school on Tuesday. Infection rates are going up in France, but the government says it can no longer afford to keep their children at home. President Macron said that he's worried about how much the poorest kids are falling behind. 
So these are the measures that they've put in place. All teachers must wear masks. All secondary school children must also wear masks. Then all the corridors in every school will be one way so that you never pass someone walking towards you and breathe on each other. So I think that's a pretty smart idea, actually. Now, they still have the backup plan of returning to a lockdown. You know, in Paris, they're going to give every child a free laptop, for instance. So that's their plan for getting children back to school. In Germany, children are back at school already and the government has decided that no matter what, they will not close the schools again. So instead, whenever there's an outbreak in a school, they put a few students in quarantine or they put a whole class in quarantine or they put a whole school in quarantine. South Africa has also sent their children back to school for a second time. The first time, there was massive outbreaks. There were massive outbreaks. So they closed their schools again. And they're hoping that this time around, it works out better than the first time. In China... Over 200 million children are back in school. We're still waiting to see clear data about whether it's working out or not. But uh, we all know the issues with data from China. Generally, all children are wearing masks in China. It's, it's easier for them to enforce these things than it is in other places, I've found. And these children are going to school in shifts. So those are a few examples from around the world. What do you think about these examples? What do you think Nigeria should do? Again, there are no easy answers. I don't have the answers. You probably don't either. We're just rubbing minds. No matter what we choose, there's going to be a cost. If we keep children at home, they fall behind academically. Parents will lose income. We send them to school, we risk increased infections. So bad choices either way. But which of these two bad choices would you go with if you were president or governor? And if you choose to reopen schools, which of these measures that we talked about would you implement? Or do you think that Nigeria can implement, given our realities? Because we're not China, we're not Germany, we're not France, we're Nigeria. 0700-993-993-993-0700-993-993-993. Send your thoughts to us on Twitter at Nigeria Info FM. Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. And yes, I will take your thoughts off of WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is uh, 080-959-75805. Hello. Hello, Sandra. How are you? What's your name? I'm fine. My name is James Sombadago. Good to have you on the show. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, what power stuff. Okay. Actually, it's what you call your dog if you, if you answer it. And it's how you lie your bed, it's how you are going to sleep in it. Our African leaders, in fact, they have disappointed our generation to generation to generation. They are not making any impact. And European, Asia, and America, they only come to Africa and to pick their good things and they go to their places. Take all the whole Indian, uh, Chinese, in, here in, in, in Nigeria, for instance. They have a lot of companies, but they cannot see a huge money in our bank by then. All their money, they export it back to their country. But our own leaders, they take our money to America, to Europe, to Asia. They go there and put their own money. So why can't they neglect us? They neglect our leaders, they neglect the masses. They are not competing how other people are growing their economy, how they are growing their country. It's only what they know of from, from grassroots to up top, it's only corruption. How can they compete then? 
when they go there, they only answer them, Sasa, Sasa. They will answer them, Sasa, then they will also come here, answer, answer them also, Sasa. Our the Europeans, Americans, Asians that are here, they will use our pharmacy, using them as second slave. How can they, how can, how can they compete with them? In fact, it's amazing. It's really a disgrace to Africa. I'm really, really disappointed by our leaders. It's not by the masses, but it's by our leaders. They are the ones that sell, sell us out to the Europeans and America and Asia. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for calling us. We appreciate it. We've got Eri in Ikeja. Hello, Eri. Thanks for calling. Hello, Eri. Hello. Hello. Hello, my name is Eri. I want to talk about the helicopter crash. Yes, go ahead. I hope, I, I hope those responsible get punished for what they have done. I hope it doesn't end up like like, like the truck, truck stories. Thank you. All right, thank you. But we don't even know that there's anybody responsible for the crash. We don't know that uh, it wasn't even some freak accident, you know? Well, thank you, Arifa, for calling to contribute. 99.3, hello. Hello? Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Turn your radio off. What's your name, sir? This is Mr. Gideon from Satellite. All right. Mr. Gideon. Uh, concerning school uh, resumption, eh? Hmm. This school resumption, you know, none of none of those options. I, I don't think any of those options. Even if we choose one, if we keep them at home, just like you said, they are lacking behind already. Because I remember even when before this were students resume, hmm. many of them were saying they are not ready. They will fail the exam or whatever. You know those kind of news. Then I, I think uh, like today now. I went to Yanoba Market. These face masks, nobody was even wearing face masks. Both buyers and sellers. Wow. It was as if me that was wearing it. In fact, I was like ashamed of myself. Whether <laughs> this thing is not really working or, you know. Because don't be ashamed I, of I, yourself. How can, can we enforce even even that? Hmm. Yanoba Market, both buyers and sellers. Nobody hmm. was putting on face masks. Yeah. I even noticed it today on my way to work. I was paying attention to Muslims who were praying at the mosque and there was no social distancing, there was no face mask. I don't well, know. Well, but in the case of school, well, maybe the school will, organize, will be more organized than the market because me, I'm also a teacher. The, mm. the white students have started, mm. the junior student have started the exam and, you know, mm. we're all coordinated. Okay. You know, so maybe if they can... Enforce this uh, uh, wear of masks, mm. washing of hands. I mm. think those uh, safety, you know, the basic, the pre- those precautions. I think the school should resume because the way we, the more we stay at home, the more we, the students are lacking behind. Look at what the SSC students were even complaining. Not to talk of these little ones. Mm. You will still go back to teach what whatever all those things you have taught before you go over and over instead of you to concentrate on new ones. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gideon, for calling us. We appreciate it. 99.3, hello. Hello? Hello? How are you, sir? What's your name? Uh, I'm on the speaking please. Welcome. Go ahead. Actually, um, I'm so sad, seriously, about the news of our helicopter crash. Another life lost. Um, so sorry to the family. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. We've got uh, Kelly in Ogun State. Hello, Kelly. Kelly, how are you? Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. 
Yes, in, in, in the first place, uh, most of us will have to apologize to President Donald Trump when he declared that hydroxychloroquine works for the COVID-19. And today, our NAVCAC has satisfied, uh, satisfied that, that it works for COVID-19 at the initial stage. And number two, African countries have to learn how to defend Africa, have to, to, be, to be responsible for whatever happens to we Africans. They don't, they, what, okay, now can I ask a question? Hmm. What do, does Nigeria have a foreign policy? We have the Nigerian Institutes of Foreign Affairs. What do they do there? International Affairs, we have all these institutes. And if you ask them what's our own poly, foreign policy, they, will, they don't really know what they are doing there. So we should just wake up. We, it's, it's, a, it's enough to be saying uh, uh, the Europeans came to conquer us, they took us as slaves, they are this, they are that. We are tired of that. Mm-hmm. So many countries have moved ahead of us. Mm-hmm. India. They were colonized by India, uh, by the Europeans as well, but they moved ahead. So please, we should stop all this blame game and just see ourselves as one, people that we should pay attention to and move on. Thank you, Sandra. All right. Thank you for calling and not addressing any of the subjects that we raised on the big three today. And you did say something about Trump, but I have to say the problem, you know, wasn't Trump talking about hydro uh, chloroquine. The problem was that as president, he did not have the qualification or the right to declare a drug as working without going through due process of clinical trials. Because your guesswork may end up correct or incorrect. And that's why it's important to follow the process. I understand that as Nigerians, process is not something that is, you know, very uh, natural for us. But the right way to to do things is to follow due process. Because don't forget that Trump advocated that drug as both a curative and a preventive. And you have NAFDAQ saying that the drug is only effective in the early stages. So what Trump said is not even exactly what NAFDAQ is saying. But today, we're not talking about Trump. We're not talking about HCQ. We're talking about the World Bank. We're talking about the crash in Ikeja. And we're talking about the UN saying that children need to go back to school. Ladi is in Agege. Hello, Ladi. Hey, Sandra, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay. First, uh, my condolences to, to the families of the victims, of the people that lost their lives in the Okwebi helicopter crash. So, I want to contribute to the World Bank issue. Sorry, go ahead. The manipula- manipulation at the World Bank. Mm, go ahead. I think is, the manipulation is a reflection of the nature of international relations. In international relations, there is no morality. International nations is about interest. Hmm. Nations do what they do just for their own interest. Nothing apart from that. It's a, it's a game. It's a winner takes all game. That's the nature of international nations. And by the way, Sandra, hmm. you have not been interviewing Baba again, the youngest foreign affairs analyst. Where is he? <laughs> 
been a while I've, that I've heard from him. Well, um, he's on break right now. He's on hiatus, but he'll be back. I, 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 I am missing him. He will be back. Please bring him back. All right. Thank you for calling us. We appreciate it, laddie. Oh,